Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the things that are stopping you from performing at your best. We're going to be unpeeling that onion of the things that consciously or unconsciously are stopping you from being your best self and performing at your best. Because who doesn't want to perform at their best? We all want to do more with less and have more time to enjoy the things that we enjoy most, to feel at our absolute best, feeling empowered and accomplished. So let's start on peeling that onion on what might be those things that are stopping you from feeling that way. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. As much as we would love to feel at our best all the time, the reality is different. Whether it's a day or a season in our lives, we all have felt on the opposite side of this coin. We all have felt that Maybe we're hassling and working really, really hard, but making no traction. We all have felt sometimes that we don't have enough time in the day to do all the things that we want to do. Or maybe we felt as the circumstances around us were in control of our day. Maybe there might be nights that we go to bed feeling as we didn't accomplish anything that day. We all have those days or seasons in our lives. The key question is, why? What is causing us not being able to perform at our best? And how can we revert that so we can perform at our best and be our best selves? So let's talk about those things that might be stopping you from performing at your best. The first thing is our negative self-talk. We sometimes can be our worst enemies. The stories that we tell ourselves, how we tell those stories, and how many times we repeat those stories over and over is the main reason why we don't achieve what we want to achieve or perform at our best or feel at our best. We are constantly limiting ourselves by telling ourselves stories like, I can't do that, or I'm not good enough, or I don't know where to start, or I'm a failure, or I don't deserve that, or I'm not enough, or what is the point of trying? Those stories that we tell ourselves are stopping us for showing up as the best version of ourselves. It's stopping us from taking action and performing at our best. But how can we shut down those voices in our head? It's not like all we are in control of those voices. They just happen. Personally, 
I think that it all starts with the questions that we ask ourselves. Some, sometimes I think that we unconsciously provoke or awake that voice in the back of our heads with all that negative self-talk through the questions that we ask ourselves. So if we're able to change the questions that we ask ourselves, then we can control and revert that negative self-talk. Some of my favorite questions that I like to ask myself when I catch myself in this negative self-talk or if I know that it's coming and in order to prevent it from happening is first, what can I learn from this situation or that experience? A lot of times we tell ourselves stories like, I can't do this, or what is the point of trying, or this is hard, I'm not going to be able to make it. Instead of saying those things, I like to ask myself, what can I learn from this situation, from this experience? Because I believe that we can always learn from every experience, no matter how bad that experience is. Another question that I like to ask myself is, how will I feel if I accomplish this? I like to ask this question when I find myself telling me things like, this is hard. This is, I'm not going to make it. This is too hard. And that negative self-talk stops me from taking action. But instead, if I ask myself, How will I feel if I accomplish this? Or what would it mean to my life and the life of those that I care, that I love, if I accomplish this? Then all of a sudden, my perspective changes. So instead of telling yourself, I can do this, ask yourself, how can I make it? How can I do it? How can I accomplish it? Instead of telling yourself, I don't deserve this, tell yourself, This is, I earned this opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. Instead of telling yourself, I'm not enough, tell yourself, think about the unique attributes that you have and how can you leverage them in order to achieve what you want to achieve. Instead of telling yourself, there's no point in trying, Ask yourself, what can I do differently? Instead of telling yourself, I messed up too much, so I have to start all over again and it's not worth it, maybe tell yourself, what have I learned from my mistakes? How can I leverage my mistakes and my learnings out of my mistakes to do this even better? Okay, the next thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best is you trying to do it all by yourself. I've been guilty of this one too. This is one that I personally struggle with. Yes, I have to confess that I've never hired a babysitter or someone to help us clean our house. My kids are 11 and 4. So that tells you a little bit about me and my stories and my beliefs in the back of my head. I always believed that it was expected of me to do it all. That 
It was expected for me to be an exceptional wife and mom, to be successful at work, to advance in my career, to keep my house clean, to pursue my dreams and my passions, to stay active in the community, to help others, and the list goes on. I felt guilty for asking for help because I thought that asking for help was a sign of weakness and that if I were to ask for help, what I was saying is that I can't do it all, which by the way, it's completely true. No one can do, can do it all. I felt, and up to today, I feel guilty for asking for help. Maybe not all help, but some kinds of help. Like my kids are get a great example. I work all day And then I come home and the little time that I have to spend with them, I feel guilty for hiring a babysitter to look. Me trying to do it all translated in not doing anything well, in feeling overwhelmed, in feeling like I'm not good at anything and no wonder why I feel that I'm stretched so thin. Still until this day, this is one thing that I struggle with, but I have to say that I'm very lucky because my husband and I, we are a team. We both do it all. Um, when we talk about getting help, the first thing that comes out of many people's mind is hiring someone, right? A nanny, a babysitter, a cleaning person, however that looks like. The truth is that it doesn't have to be that kind of help. Help is all around us. We just need to look for it. Many people want to get help, but they don't because they can't afford it. I would say that is an excuse. You still can get the help that you need. The good news is that help doesn't always have to come with a price tag. Look around you. Maybe there is a mom in your kid's school that can take care of your kids for a couple of hours. And then next time she goes on a date, she can take care of your kids. And that not only takes away the price tag concern, but also the trust concern. Like this will be someone that you know and instead of leaving your kids with a stranger. So be creative, look around you. Help is all around us and it's okay to ask for help. I think that's the first thing that we need to fight. Our belief that looking for help, reaching for help makes us a failure. It's totally the opposite. If we don't get the help, then we're going to fail because we can't do it all. No one can. I think everyone will agree with me when I say that 2020 is nothing like what we were expecting. When this year started, I said to myself that this was going to be the best year of my life, that I was going to kick off the decade feeling at my best, but it hasn't been the case for most part of this year. Has 2020 had you scrambling trying to find your purpose? Are you struggling to find joy and trying to feel at your best? Do you enjoy, like me, chasing goals, but perhaps this year you fall and you can't seem to find the momentum to get back on track? Have you ever really stopped and think what success means for you? For the first time ever, I will be hosting a five-day Live Your Best Life Challenge. 
Join this free challenge and discover that there's a whole other level of fulfillment and joy that you can tap into right now while you continue to aim for bigger things and continue to work in becoming a better version of yourself. For more information and to join completely free, see the link in the description of this podcast episode. Okay, another thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best is your urge to always be in control. I am guilty of this one too. I have been able to back up over time. I've learned to delegate and not care as much about things that they're not worth me caring as much. But when I started my career, I thought that I would, as I stepped into my first leadership role, I felt this big urge to be in control of everything. I felt that in order to produce the quality of work that I wanted to produce and to be known for, I needed to stay in control of everything. And that was true in my personal life too. Why is that we always want to be in control? Well, what I've learned over time is that control is rooted in fear. We are afraid of what might happen if we're not in control how the outcome might not be achieved. Maybe we're afraid of what others might think of us. But control is rooted in fear. Control is also a result of being attached to a specific outcome, an outcome that you're convinced is the best outcome for you. And if we just always knew what is best for us, but we don't, we don't, A lot of times we want to be in control because we don't want to leave our fate to someone else to decide. But I learned that it is important to let go of control. I know that it's easier said than done and probably will take a whole podcast episode to cover just this point on how to let off control. Maybe a good idea for a future episode. But there's one thing that I can say Um, about this point that you can start doing right now to slowly but surely let control, let off control. And that is push yourself out of your comfort zone. Every day, every day, do something outside of your comfort zone. Pick a situation that quote unquote is safe for you to let off control and let let go of control. And the next day, let control of something bigger or something that scares you losing control about. And I feel that the only way to let go of control is one step at a time, slowly but surely. And the more that you practice it, the more comfortable that you will get at letting go of that control. Okay, the next thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best, talking about the comfort zone, is staying in your comfort zone. Merely strolling through life on cruise control is not the blueprint for success. Let me repeat that. Merely strolling through life on cruise control is not the blueprint for success. You need to challenge yourself at times. You need to push yourself and stretch your limits. You need to aim to reach for maximum potential and then go beyond that. 
the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Like in the prior point that we talk about um, letting go of control. This is the same. I love this quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that says, do one thing every day that scares you. Okay, maybe not something scary, but definitely something that feels uncomfortable. Just like with letting go of control. The more you make yourself uncomfortable, the more comfortable you will become with those things that make you feel uncomfortable in the past. Okay, I felt that is a lot of comfortable in one sentence. So let me repeat it one more time. The more that you make yourself uncomfortable the more comfortable that you will become with those things that used to make you feel uncomfortable. Another thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best is to always be focusing on the negatives. There are and there will always be negative circumstances in life that we have no control over. There are also plenty of positive experiences in your life. I am willing to bet that there's more positives in your life than negatives. You are capable of living with a positive perspective. If you want to cultivate success in your life and perform at your best, you need to focus and concentrate on all of the good. You shouldn't disregard the negative. I'm not saying that, but you don't have to give it so much of your attention. Otherwise, you're never going to be satisfied because you're so focused on all the unfavorable conditions in your life. I believe that what you focus on expands. If you focus on the negatives, you will attract more negatives in your life. But when you focus on the positives, you also will attract more positive things into your life. And I don't know about you, but I feel at my best when I'm surrounded with positive things. One thing that can really help you change your perspective and move away from focusing on the negatives is to implement a gratitude practice. Yes, once again, I'm bringing the gratitude to the mix. I'm not going to expand on this one because I feel that you're at this point, you're tired of listening to me talking about it. I hope that if you have been listening to my podcast, I've been able to make a point that resonates with you and invites you to try to implement your own gratitude practice. The next thing um, I want to talk about that might be stopping us from performing at our best is making everything urgent. Early in my career, I was very fortunate to come across the seven habits of highly effective people. On habit three, Dr. Covey talks about putting first things first. There is where I learn about this concept of the, tra- the time matrix that teaches us the difference between importance and urgency. We tend to spend more time that we should on the urgent things. And we tend to procrastinate on those important and not urgent things, which ends up making those things that are urgent a vicious circle, right? It's so easy to get hung on those urgent things. I personally believe that increasing the urgency on a task can be helpful in order 
to accomplish more. On the other hand, I also believe that human beings, we are programmed to fill up the time that we have. Let me prove this to you. Remember a project that you had to complete and you had, let's say, a full month to complete it. I bet that it took you that full month working on it. I also bet that you had had other projects as complex or more complex than that one where you only had maybe a week or two to finish it and you did as good as a job on that project as you did on that one where you had a full month to work on it. Not only that, but I bet you that you felt much more productive on the project where you had less time. Making everything urgent ends up hindering the quality of our work for sure and causing us to burn out. The key though is to find the right balance, right? I think that increasing the level of urgency can be a great productivity tool. It's key that we use it in the right task and the right situations. And like Dr. Covey teaches us in the seven habits of highly effective people, strive to spend more time on that quadrant two of the time matrix, which are the important and non-urgent task. Spending more time in this space of important and non-urgent tasks is going to help us feel more in control and maximize our effectiveness. 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 Yes, that's how you say it. Okay. Moving on. I have just two more to go. The next one, the next thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best is making excuses. Stop blaming other people for why you don't get what you want. Stop refusing to accept responsibility for your own mistakes. You make your own choices and you make your own mistakes. In general, stop justifying your poor choices and stop attributing your lack of success to things that are outside of your control. Successful people don't do that. Typically, excuses look like, I'm too busy. I don't know where or how to start. I don't have the money, the knowledge, the fill the blank to start this project. One strategy that really has helped me to identify my excuses and let go of them is to substitute those statements with, I don't want to do that. When I catch myself making excuses, I tell myself, Carolina, you really don't want this. You really don't want to achieve this goal. You really don't want to do this. Sometimes it feels right to say that. And that gives me the indication that this might not be the right thing for me to be focusing on right now. But most of the time, this statement doesn't feel right at all. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like No, yes, I do want this. Yes, I want to achieve this goal. I really very badly want to do this. And that helps me to let go of the excuses. And as a result, when I let go of my excuses, then I start to perform at my best. Okay, the last point that I want to share, the last 
thing that might be hindering you, that might be stopping you from performing at your best is not taking care of your health. Every time that I talk about health, I refer about physical, mental, and emotional health. When we neglect our health, our performance suffers. You can't expect to perform at your best when you're not at your best. So investing every day in our health and making ourselves a priority is imperative to maximize our performance. I am putting together an episode just on this point. Actually, Next week, you can expect an episode that goes deeper into nutrition and the impact that nutrition has in our performance, how nutrition can help you perform at your best. So watch out for that episode next week. And with that, those are some of the things that personally in the past and sometimes even today are stopping me from performing at my best. And I thought probably you might relate to one or two. And if you do, I hope that you found today's episode helpful, helpful to create some awareness of what might be the things that are stopping you from performing at your best. And hopefully also give you some ideas of what can you do to revert those things and start performing at your best and feeling at your best. With that, as always, if you like this episode, I'm going to ask you that you share with someone or in social media and that you go to Apple Podcasts and do two things. One, subscribe to the podcast because that way you'll get notifications every time a new episode is available. And second, if you like this episode, if you're liking this podcast, please leave me a review. That helps increase the visibility of the podcast so it can reach more people. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you here again next week for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. As a result of COVID-19, a lot of local businesses are struggling, but we can all support. And from my standpoint, I want to use this platform and this podcast to shout out to locally owned businesses. And I want to start by shouting out to the Michigan Threads Headbands. I found them in Instagram. They are a Michigan female-owned business located in Northville, Michigan. And what impressed me the most about them is their mission to fit America one headband at a time. A portion of every purchase goes to Feeding America. And their headbands are just amazing. They're all hand-saw and their operating times is just one to three days. So go check them out at michiganthreatsheadbands.com or find them in Instagram. Go grab a headband and let's support local businesses. Another practice that has served me well when, when I start to focus too much on the negatives on whatever particular situation is to grab a piece of paper and I split that piece of paper in two. Like I draw a line vertically and split it into columns. And then I write down in that paper all the negative things that are in my mind. That helps me, first of all, to take, put that all push that all out of my chest then on the column next 
to that list with all my negative things, I start to write as many positive things as negative things I had on my original list. That means for every negative, there has to be a positive. They don't have to be related one directly to another, but just in total number, if there's five negative things, there should be five positive things. This helps me to stay in balance. And when I am in balance, um, I'm better off. When I'm able to stay focused on those positive things, then I perform at my best. Okay, another thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best is screen time. If you have an iPhone or any smartphone, you probably get a weekly report on how many hours of screen time you spend that week. I'm not sure um, if other phones aside from iPhone had that, but I know iPhone does. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been shocked at how many hours a week you spend in front of your phone screen? I have. Imagine how many other things you could have done with that time. I ask my question every time I see that number pop up on my screen. Our phones today are probably our number one distraction. But why is such a big deal anyway? This is why. According to the University of California in Irvine, there was a study that uh, was conducted that concluded that it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back to a task. So if you do the math, if you schedule one hour to work on a project, and let's say you get distracted once in that hour by a reminder or a notification in your phone, which probably is a very optimistic assumption, I bet that you get distracted more than once in an hour. But Assuming you get distracted once in an hour, you would have lost half of your productive time. Today, we're only talking about screen time, but being realistic, that is not the only distraction that we have. Emails is another big one. Have you ever thought about the amount of time that you spend on emails during your working hours? The question is, how can we limit these distractions? And here are a few things that have worked for me very well. The first one is that I disable all notifications on my email and I keep my email closed when I'm trying to get deep focus work. It's easy to get tempted to check your emails if they're right there, right? If they're in front of you. Um, I'm the kind of person that when I see an email coming up or popping up, I... I want to jump in and respond immediately. Um, So I turn off all those notifications and I close my email when I'm focusing on something. Another thing is I also, um, that I also do is that I put my phone in no destruction mode. I use this um, throughout the day, really. So it doesn't vibrate. It doesn't make any noises because I'm personally highly distracted by all of that. Um, Sometimes it's not possible, right? If my kids are at school, I want to make sure that they can reach to me and that I'm going to listen to my phone ringing if school is calling. But 
fortunately enough, now that you know my kids are home, I'm able to do that. Another thing is that I schedule my deep work um, in 15-minute increments. That allows me to take a break at the end. I know that I will have, you know, 10 minutes once I'm done to check my email, to check my phone, to refill my water bottle or my cup of coffee, to take a bio break, to do anything, to take this care of all those distractions. And I'm able to accomplish much more in 15 minutes without distractions than what I would in 60 minutes with one distraction. Another thing is that I put my headphones on and I listen to background music. Um, I don't do that always. It depends on what I'm working on, but some background music really helps me to quiet down all the distractions, especially when I need to work on a project that I need to be highly productive and, and focused and concentrated. The last one... Um, I at the office we use Skype or Teams and I change the status to not disturb. So if someone tries to reach out to me, I don't get any interruptions either. Okay. I got a little bit off topic, but productivity is a big passion of me and finding hacks and tips on how to be more productive. I feel that helps me perform at my best. So there was a spot for that in today's episode. But of course, there's so much more to talk about this. And I did a episode earlier about this topic. If you're interested, um, I don't know exactly what number of episode it was, but I will be talking more about productivity for sure in the future because that is a very important topic that I'm passionate about. Let's move to the next thing that might be stopping you from performing at your best, and that is imitating others. I believe that no matter what you do or what you want to do, what new project that you want to start, what new adventure you want to embark on, there is always someone out there who has successfully done it before. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Looking for inspiration and trying to find that in others who have been successful and try to copy things that others have done that have made them successful um, is the way to go. I'm convinced about that. Um, So the important piece, though, is that we don't get stuck at imitating others. While it's a good way to get started at the beginning when you're starting that project, when you're starting to work on something. Um, But I think that we need to aim to grow into our own version of ourselves. You'll never reach your peak performance, your peak potential, or become the best version of yourself by imitating others.